And now, without any delay, we'll now turn to the congressman to get started. Well, thanks, Matt. And uh, again, thanks, everybody, for joining in. Um, and particularly, I want to thank uh, Michael, Brad, Naira, and Mary Beth for being willing to share their, their time this morning and their experiences during this pandemic. Small Business Week is next week. It's usually a time to celebrate the valuable contributions of small businesses in our communities. Um, I take that seriously. I was a small business owner for most of my adult life. Um, but this year, I, I think um, the way to show our appreciation is really by, by taking real action to help small businesses make it through these tough times. When Congress passed the CARES Act back in March, the Small Business Administration was put in charge of a number of programs meant to protect small business owners from the economic crisis caused by this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we have been uh, inundated with calls in our office. In fact, we extended our, uh, we extended our, our office hours uh, from uh, 9 a.m. till 8 p.m. on weekdays to take all these calls. Um, and, and we've had over 5,000 calls that we fielded in our office. That was a, a few months ago that we, we tallied them up. But business owners like yourselves uh, called in wanting to know uh, how the process played out uh, with, uh, with the SBA, with the loans. Uh, as I say, uh, my staff and I have been working hard to resolve issues with the administration, these programs. Um, and that's part of why I wanted to speak to you all today. One thing that I don't want to forget to say <clears throat> is that to, to give a lot of credit uh, where it's due to the, uh, the, our local banks <clears throat> and, and lenders. Uh, they, they were heroes in this process. They were working double time uh, to connect small businesses up with the loan programs available. Um, and occasionally, uh, all we had to yeah. do was um, help business owners find a different lender that was more facile with the process. Um, and, and we did that um, uh, several times. Uh, and that, that really saved some small businesses in our area. Look, I've been uh, very vocal about the need to pump more money into programs like the emergency uh, EIDL program uh, and loans along with PPP. Um, I, uh, I think economists in this country speak with one voice about the necessity of injecting more capital. Look, it's an economy that's 70% driven by consumer spending. We have to get money into the, the pockets of the consumers. Um, and uh, we need to do it in as equitable a way as possible, but we need to save our American economy. It's not a political thing. Saving the American economy is not saving the democratic or Republican economy, it's our, our national economy. And it, it is the engine of prosperity for our nation. Uh, uh, we have to safeguard it like the crown jewels. Um, the HEROES Act is something that we passed over 120 days ago. It would inject $10 billion more into the, um, uh, the EIDL programs. Uh, it would expand PPP eligibility to all 501C organizations <clears throat> while restricting use of that money uh, uh, 
from uh, lobbying or political purposes. Uh, it would mandate a low-cost loan option through the Federal Reserve's Main Street Lending Program for small businesses, for nonprofits, among other things. Look, this is critical relief that's necessary, uh, but the Senate's been holding it up for, as I say, more than 120 days. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into that, but I, I couldn't disagree more with the, the position they've been taking. Um, it, it, it's, by now, it's very clear that uh, more money is needed to, in the hands of business owners. Uh, we need to hear from business owners themselves about how to improve these programs going forward. Uh, we know it, it was not a smooth sailing process. I, I, have, not, um, I have not condemned uh, the, the, the people running these programs because obviously uh, we weren't set up for that. And, and uh, we did on the job training for, for uh, these programs, but you know, uh, holding it up for 120 days for, for no reason um, uh, seems awfully short-sighted. Uh, so as I say, I'm grateful uh, that these terrific people, Michael, Brad, Naira, and Mary Beth are willing to speak with us today. And uh, Michael, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Why don't you kick it off? Sure, good morning. And thank you so much for, uh, for having, me, uh, having me on this morning. My wife and I uh, own um, two businesses. We own a restaurant and a theater, uh, two industries that were absolutely devastated um, by COVID. Um, prior to COVID, uh, our, both our businesses were very successful, um, double-digit growth on a, on a regular basis. We were um, designated by our local chamber <coughs> of commerce as a new and emerging business in the community. Uh, and as a matter of fact, um, you know, after a number of years uh, of, of, of successfully, you know, running our, our program, um, we, uh, we are housed inside of a 113-year-old theater. Um, we made the decision to make a massive uh, investment into our infrastructure um, with a rollout date of March 2020. <laughs> so... We, we got into this just in time to have invested in just as much as we possibly could and really kind of getting ourselves positioned um, to, to, to really take our business to the next level. Uh, COVID hit, we were able to respond very quickly. Um, we got, uh, we, we salvaged as much of our business as we possibly could. Um, we respect the health professionals. Um, we're used to, you know, really looking out for our, you know, our audience members. We're used to looking out for our diners. Um, so when the orders came down, it was something that, you know, was, was not unique to, to our industry. Um, so, you know, we trust them. We trust our governor. We trust the mayor to make the right decisions for the community. So, you know, we shut down uh, and we are continuing to operate a just a fraction uh, of what we previously um, ran as. Um, we're in this for the long haul. Um, we're, we're, we're ready to do this, uh, but the resources are, are quickly, quickly running out. Uh, we've reinvented ourselves numerous times. Uh, our, our, our theater seats over 400 people. We converted the whole space into a cyber campus um, that now has 20 students 
here every day doing their schooling um, to help parents that, you know, can't stay home. Uh, so, you know, the kids can have some supervision and we have tutors here and we, we do activities for them. So, you know, we're, we're, we're willing to change our business model. We're willing to do what it takes. We'll put in the 80 hour weeks. Um, my wife and I, we're all in on this. Um, there is really nothing that we've held back for, you know, there's, there, there's no safety net anymore. We are, you know, we are running um, full capacity. And, you know, all of these things we're, we're, we want to do. We, you know, we love the community. We love our customers, but we really need help. And um, while we see all of these big numbers going across the news, it's just not making it to the bottom um, that, you know, the, and it's, and the stuff that is making it to us is just, you know, it, it's enough to stay afloat a couple of days. Uh, it is nothing that I can plan the next six months, the next year, so that I can give my employees some peace of mind. I can give my customers some peace of mind. I mean, it's, it's really hard to get somebody to commit to a contract that's a year away if they're not sure that you're gonna be in business. Um, so, you know, the, the, the idea of the help is wonderful, um, but, you know, in just six months, we've gone from expansion to praying that we get a huge loan. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're praying to take on more debt at this point. Uh, and, you know, and, and we're willing to do that also. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's a misconception in the community that there's all this money available for small businesses and it's not getting to the really true small businesses. I mean, the, you know, when, when we, I don't know about the rest of you business owners, but when I saw the <coughs> Lakers are considered a small business, I, it just, I mean, it, it just boggles the imagination at this point. You know, we uh, and, and it really is kind of it is really kind of straining the trust between the social contract that as a small business owner, I expect to have with 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 my government. Um, and, you know, we I appreciate everything you're doing, but but we need some reassurances and we kind of need numbers and dates, um, you know, and, and again, uh, I applaud you for getting in there and digging and working every day. Things happen. Um, and you're only, you're only half of the equation. So, you know, it's not like you can just unilaterally decide to make some moves, but, but I, I hope that, you know, I hope that Senator Toomey is hearing loud and clear. Um, we've left messages with him repeatedly that, you know, he's got to, he's, he's, he's got to move. He's got to start putting some, some pressure um, on, on getting some of this legislation moved. Um, you know, really, we're just praying for a lifeline at this point. And, uh, you know, and we hope that uh, we hope that we don't become one of the many vacant storefronts that you see walking around downtown Scranton right now. All right. Uh, thank you, uh, Michael, for those important uh, insights and, and comments. Um, I want to turn it over to Brad Kiesendahl now. Sir, can I, can I just throw just one, one question out there for you? Um, I mean, one thing that could be a concrete change uh, for us right now, and I apologize if this has already been addressed and I just haven't caught up, but one of the things that my wife and I did um, to, to help bridge the gap in the earlier days is we liquidated responsibly, but we liquidated a, a, a substantial portion of our retirement. 
Now, when we did that, you know, 20% got scooped up to pay penalties and, 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 and taxes. You know, some sort of forgiveness of, of those penalties um, if you're going to liquidate retirement funds to save your business. I mean, I can't retire right now. And if, if my business doesn't survive, my retirement's kind of meaningless. Um, you know, some way, that's a huge check that's sitting there um, that, you know, that I could use right now if, if there was a way to, to not penalize me for, for using my own retirement to save my business. Yeah, I saw that that, that issue has been addressed and um, I have to get back to you offline about that, Michael. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, you're not the first one to raise that and I saw some activity about it. I'll get back to you on that. Thank you, sir. Uh, Brad, take it away. Uh, good morning, everybody, and uh, thank you, Congressman Cartwright, for the opportunity to share our perspective of what the past few months have been. Uh, for Woodlock here, my grandparents opened the doors in 1958. At that time, it was a Memorial Day to Labor Day business. Uh, they had no running drinking water in the, in the units. Uh, full house for us was 30 people, and we had one full-time employee. Uh, flash forward 60-some years, uh, we're now one of the largest employers in Wayne and Pike County with over 1,000 employees. Uh, full house guest for us is over 1,300, um, and we've been recognized nationally as one of the top family uh, resorts. We, our staff has been the key. Uh, their, their spirit and their hospitality has really been the driver. But over those 60-plus years, uh, we've had fires, we've had floods, we've had economic downturns, but uh, nothing compares to what we've experienced over these past several months. And I know that is the case, not just for Woodlock, but for all the hospitality and, and service industry. Uh, it's been extremely challenging. Um, for our, just to walk you through our story, on March 16th, uh, I spoke to all of our staff to letting them know about 90% were furloughed uh, on that day, uh, which is a very, very challenging uh, conversation to have face-to-face uh, -face with people who we call our family. Uh, and we mean that with true sentiment. Um, we made the decision. We thought it was going to be about a two-week shutdown at that time, how optimistic or foolish we were. Um, but uh, we also made the decision of business to pay all of our employees one week of full pay due to the sudden nature of the uh, shutdown and, and that uncertainty that followed. Shortly after that, we quickly, quickly realized that the pandemic was going to be ongoing and, and deepening. So when the CARES Act passed uh, March 27th, we were optimistic, first for our staff. I think some of the components of it were very calming for them. The uh, stimulus portion, uh, the unemployment supplement uh, calmed some of those initial fears for them, which was, was critical. Uh, at the same time, for us as a business, uh, we got really nervous. We fall into a unique category. We're certainly, we consider ourselves a small business, family owned, operated, uh, but we have 500, you know, over almost 1,000 employees. So that put us in this miscellaneous bucket of 500 to 10,000 employee category of medium-sized businesses. And uh, we're very different uh, than those types of businesses. So we spent a good part of uh, that initial wave uh, working diligently with your office, uh, Congressman, who was very responsive, senators, local officials to assist us to try to find where is the help for us. Um, our doors are closed. What, what do we do? Um, thankfully, SBA did come out with some clarification for an alternative size standard, uh, which allowed uh, for Woodlock to be able to take advantage of the PPP, um, which was, was critical. So the PPP in and of itself, I think, was very well intended. 
it was necessary, uh, but it was also a bit of a mess. And I think you, you said it yourself, uh, Congressman, and as a business owner, anytime you try to do something so big, so fast, you're never going to catch all the details. And, and that's the reality of it. Some of the things that we found, first of all, the positives, it was liquidity that was absolutely necessary for us in that moment to take us from a catastrophic stage to actually be able to stop and think. It also bought us the time to prepare our staff and to train our staff to reopen the doors properly following all the safety and health guidelines, which was critical for us. Uh, you know, the health of our safety first and foremost, and then obviously bringing anybody in from a guest standpoint. Uh, so those, those were great. Uh, the realities and some of the troubles of the PPP, uh, they've mentioned the application process, uh, the financial institutions did everything they could, but the communication was, was changing so rapidly. Um, we actually had to fill out the application a couple of times because the application was changing in, in process. Um, again, running a business, you can kind of understand it, but it was, it was, it was herky-jerky. Another component of it was structuring it. Initially, the FTE forgiveness, the way it was set up, was, was vague. Uh, so we assumed an FTE would be a 30-hour person. That's what we're basing that off of the Affordable Care Act. Well, as time went on, that model changed. Um, so that was kind of a, a caveat that was different for us. Um, some little things. The pay, it didn't start on a typical pay period. It started as soon as you got the dollars in your, in your bank. You know, so it was a, you all of a sudden you're working off a Tuesday, even though your pay period started. So it created a lot of cumbersome and unnecessary uh, work and confusion in the process as, as we work through it. Um, the other part is the forgiveness now is still really a significant unknown. Uh, the financial institutions are kind of in the same spot as they were with the application. Um, there's been guidelines set out, but I haven't heard, we have not spoken to financial institutions who quite feels comfortable in going through the forgiveness process yet. Now I know there's a 10 month window and there's a long stretch, but at some point the rubber needs to meet the road and there's still a lack of, uh, a lack of good clarity uh, for that. Um, the another part of the CARES Act that we were very interested in was, was the federally backed loans that were supposed to be and that kind of translated into the Main Street lending. Um, and for us, we saw the Main Street lending as being a, a key. We have strong existing relationships with, uh, with our lending uh, bank and we thought the extension would be great. However, when the Fed it came out, the Fed took a long time to release that. It also, when it came out, is just too restrictive. It's based for, for businesses that are really in a cash flow or a cash basis. If you're in an asset driven or you're collateralized based upon the ownership of an asset, it does not allow uh, for the type of lending. And that's the similar feedback we've gotten from, we have a relatively large financial institution that majority of their clients are not able to utilize the Main Street lending because of that restrictiveness. Um, so unfortunately, we've had to kind of walk away from the Main Street lending uh, where we thought that was going to kind of be a, a silver bullet for us. So any kind of easement that can happen um, to structures and particularly in the hospitality where we are asset driven, uh, there's not a tremendous amount of cash flow that comes out of restaurants and, and, uh, and hotels. It's really based upon uh, the asset that you're collateralizing and building that equity. So that would be important. Um, for us, uh, we reopened our doors uh, lightly on, on, on the yellow phase on June 5th. June 19th, we reopened uh, when we went green. But the nature of us, our business at Woodlock is that we're all-inclusive. So your meals are included, your entertainment, your activities. So from a structural standpoint, um, based upon the Governor Wolf's uh, guidelines and safety health guidelines, which we are 100% on board doing, we had to limit our capacity 
uh, by over 50% to operate. And we continue to operate at, at that number today. Uh, for us, the seasonality of the summer drives the entire year. Uh, you basically fill the bucket and you have to hold on to that bucket until next June. That's, that's the nature of the, the seasonality of our hospitality business in, in Northeast PA. Um, so operating at 50% through the summer has been, been a real challenge. Thankfully, we had demand. Uh, we actually had to refuse guests, which was very painful to do knowing what was coming next. Uh, we had to say no. Um, and as a business owner and, and, and not knowing what was going to happen next, that was a difficult decision, but we put, you know, the safety of our, our staff and the guests coming on property and not playing a short-term game, but the long-term game uh, as, as a business, as a priority. Summer has ended and now we live in a real world of major uncertainty. Um, for us, a lot of our core business for the fall season in particular, weddings aren't happening, large family gatherings are not happening, corporate is not traveling. For us, senior, senior bus travel is another component. All those are kind of pretty much gutted. Um, we're trying to solicit new markets and obviously having virtual families come when they're doing the virtual schooling, um, which, which, you know, get creative, like Michael said, recreate yourself. But the overall sense is that of uncertainty. Of course, where the virus goes and how that grows. And if uh, Governor Wills was forced to go to a shutdown again, that's, it's a catastrophic situation uh, as we head forward. So uh, obviously we were hopeful that this, uh, another stimulus would come through that would be helpful for our types of businesses, particularly the hospitality and tourism. Um, but we haven't you know, sat on the sidelines and waited. Uh, we've actively pursued with the banks to try to restructure financial uh, significant restructuring for millions of dollars to try to get us through. We've also looked in the private equity market uh, where the dollars available, but that's extremely expensive to, to get the dollars in the private equity world. Um, so, you know, our hope is certainly that there is another uh, lifeline that is going to come through through the federal government to support us. I mean, as the primary, one of the primary, if not the primary economic driver in Wayne and Pike County here, we don't want to just survive. We need to be ready to thrive when this comes out. Uh, that's job creation. That's, that's local spending for businesses that we try to do as much locally for our subcontractors and all that as possible. So having those dollars and that stimulus that doesn't burden us uh, as much as a long-term loan would uh, is very beneficial for our staff and, and for our entire community. But uh, that's, that's the quick overview of the last six months. Besides the stress and strain and everything else, I'm, I'm sure you can see on everybody's face today. But uh, thank you for the opportunity to, to share our <laughs> You, you bet, Brad. And I'll tell you what, um, I, I appreciate your comments. And I, I want to say I particularly appreciate uh, the way both the, the Kiesendahl family and the Genslinger family have stepped up uh, to represent not only themselves, but the entire hospitality industry in northeastern Pennsylvania, uh, as we deal with the federal government, as we deal in particular with um, uh, Harrisburg. Uh, you've been a huge help. Uh, to the entire hospitality industry in, in our area. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, and I want to turn it over now uh, to uh, Naira. Hi, good morning. Hi, Naira. How are you? Thank you so much for having us. This is really something that we were looking for. It actually, uh, speaking for myself, I was looking for this long time ago when we started in March, April. I wish we would be able to have a um, connection and a contact with with you or other officials. Um, I had a video 
in May, I believe. And that was kind of unexpected. One of my, um, the girl who lives around us, um, we are friends, not so close, but she stopped by one day and she saw my devastation and she's like, let's just do a video. I'm like, what am I gonna say? She's like, let's just say, just say whatever you are going through with this pandemic situation. And just out of nowhere, you know, I started talking. That video became like 12, 13 minutes and kind of like went viral. You know, we had 58 shares, um, about 4,000 viewers. And I was mentioning our governor, like have somebody from your office to come and, and talk to us and find out what we're going through, how we're doing, because obviously we're not doing well. And um, thank you that a few months later, you know, we are able to have this talk. Um, I came 30 years ago to this country alone by myself, to New York. And I worked very hard. I went up to, you know, where, I don't want to say to higher positions, but I was always like in the good positions in New York. 13 years ago when my son was born, I moved to Pocono. So five years ago when I opened up my studio and four years ago when I opened up my tea shop I'm like I'm living my American dream I have two businesses and you know in the beginning the businesses always struggle um March no not March I'm sorry January I was looking my second tea shop location in New Jersey and I found it in the Rockaway Mall and I signed up the lease and everything. And I'm like, this is completely like success. In four or five years of having two businesses, you know, I can handle the second tea shop. And that's when everything went down and shut down. So my devastation is now two businesses are closed. Um, I was rejected for the unemployment. I was rejected for the PPP because I don't have any W-2 form because I was by myself, you know, working myself. And the studio, I had the artist and myself, actually, I started painting too. And she's on um, the 1099. So I could not receive anything. I applied the SBA. That took a few months until I was able to contact April from your office. She's just great. She helped me finally to receive the loan um, with that loan uh, this, for one business. The second business, um, I think because I had like three different applications, it was kind of confusing for them that like this is a duplicate, which was not a duplicate. It was just like different businesses and probably because it would start like nice tea coffee collectible, nice Merlon Picasso. And the third one I was opening in New Jersey is the tea lady. So I got uh, rejected because it's a duplicate application. However, I was able to at least get a loan on one business, right? Um, finally, um, we, uh, I covered few few expenses because to be shut down about three, four months, the bills are piling up. The money just flew out of my bank account without even knowing, like, I spent this one, I spent this one, and, and uh, again, the bank got empty. Now, we open up, but of course, the business is not, you know, where it was before. And to begin with, January, February, after Christmas, it's already like slow season my, in, in my business. And March starts picking up. So here we are, like stuck in March. 
I had no money to do my personal expenses. I had no money to do anything in the business. So here I am, like completely zero in my bank account. Um, I contacted to um, for the PPP. I was rejected again because of the W-2. I don't have any W-2 form. But then recently I heard that like, I was able to receive it. I'm not sure why it was misinformed that I'm not able to. Um, now, with this pandemic situation, the business is like very slow. People either afraid of going out still or they don't have the money to go out with. I'll, I don't know where to, where to continue from this point. I open up the New Jersey, um, my second tea shop, this is the most scariest time right now because I signed up the lease already for my second, uh, for the New Jersey. I couldn't back up. It was already expenses done. So I'm in a jeopardy right now. Like if I do not continue receiving any loan or any grant, I don't know where I'm gonna be next month or in a couple of months from now. Um, the, Finally, we are contacted with April again with the SBA loan. Now they're looking to my second application because it was supposedly duplicate. And I may be receiving, because they're asking now to fill up again another form or whatever. If I receive that, that will get me going um, another period of time. Hopefully by then, you know, the businesses will pick up because right now, whatever the business I was doing like last year or year before, this is just like a small fraction that I'm doing now. So all the sources are gone. Um, there is this, the, the COVID-19 grant program that I enroll in it and I'm not receiving anything. Um, I got finally emailed that I was not chosen in the first round. Uh, they were looking to it for the second second round. And um, one of the reason I think because I, I entered my private bank account, my personal bank account, and it was supposed to be the business account. I don't know why I was not told that before because I did contact them and I asked them, make sure my application is everything correct. And because I'm looking to this grant because otherwise like, I don't know what to do with my business. Um, now I, I don't know if I'm able to ask you to look into this. So at least like if I get that grant, I will be able to survive until again, I don't know how long we're going to be in this situation. My studio is in jeopardy. Ira, if you can hear me, I, we'll have uh, April get back in touch with you on that. Uh, okay. We, we want to keep your business alive. Thank you. I really need to go on with that because um, the, the studio is in a jeopardy. Last time I had painting classes was in February. I actually, in a Christmas season, you know, I'm good with like selling the gift certificates for both businesses. Well, all the gift certificates that I sold for uh, painting, you know, I had to refund that back because it's closed. And um, I mean, being closed and constantly the expenses are piling up. So I had to give up on the studio. At this moment, like I gave, I cleaned up and I told the um, the manager, like list it if you can. It's still empty, you know. I don't know if if he's going to rent it, list it, whatever. If I'm able to get that back, I would be happy to get it. I mean, after five years of putting all my hard work, you know, like you just 
give it away, you know. Um, but no, no, if, I, I, I hate to cut you off, but we are running short on time. Okay. We're going to okay. follow up with you offline. Do you want to finish with your concluding remarks? One, one thing I wanted to ask you, I mean, I'm so happy that we got that loan. Uh, but now I'm thinking like, okay, in a few months later, we have to pay that back. I'm already in the debts, like so much like piled up on my credit cards and a bank loan and this and that. How am I going to pay that back? If there is any forgiveness on that loan, the SBA loan, that would be helpful because um, it's one year, one year later, we have to start paying with 3%, 3.45% or whatever that is. I don't know how we're going to do that. To categorize the small businesses with like a 500 and less, it's, it's, it's just so wrong. I can't be competing with 500 employees as a small business. I don't have the huge money to pay for the lawyers to do all whatever the big companies are doing. So I'm going to ask you to look into this to categorize like small businesses is like me, like uh, small which is like 1%, 5%, 10, 10 people, employees or whatever. That is really like, I'm, I'm not able to compete with the other big companies as a small business. If you are able to look into that and look for us as like a really like um, small companies, individual business owners, I think that that, that part needs to be changed. Um, the other thing what I wanted to know is if any other like, um, small for us again anything has to come up by the end of this year it will we will be we will be happy to know if there's any um another grant or something that we don't have any w2 just for us to to continue growing our not only growing this is not a growing part this is like a surviving part anything that i can hold on to it until the economy will open up that will be really like something that I'm going to ask you to look into it. And we will. Myra, thank you for your comments. And uh, finally, let's turn it over to Mary Beth. Thank you. Yep. Good morning. And again, thank you, Congressman Cartwright, for this opportunity to just actually listen also, being a practitioner on the other side, to hear more stories about our businesses. I just want to take a minute to uh, echo your sentiments about our local banks and the PPP. I, you know, Wayne County is a very strong banking community, and the work that our lenders and their administration did was extraordinary during the time. And I really uh, don't know how we'd fare through this crisis if we did not have them. So uh, they really deserve recognition, uh, you know, about that. And the, the idea that they're out there on the line with these are loans between those institutions at this point that would be backed by the SBA. But I don't know if that nuance is understood by a lot of the general public that they've got their line, their, their necks on the line too during all of this as we're working through the process. Uh, so I won't take very long. I just wanted to pick up on uh, a couple of things. Um, one is very small businesses and the duration. I believe that is it is imperative that we do look at some extended relief because the duration of this is unknown. We got through some of the initial crisis people worked with you know, either PPP, some idle, some of the other programs coming through the state. They dug into their savings and their reserves. And here we are now looking at going into the fall and will they be able to continue? Uh, having to understand the small business perspective, Wayne County, uh, over 60% of our businesses are less than uh, four employees or less. So we're talking very small businesses. 
that at the time did not do not have technology at their home sometimes, you know, scanners, basic equipment that wasn't available to them during the period where I call we grab and grab and go, you know, we, we picked up everything in our offices and, and scooped it up and really just went home at that point. Uh, technology wasn't available. Broadband in our outlying areas is a huge issue. Uh, the interface for this program uh, was confusing. We have individuals who either had no access to their accountants or did not understand the terminology of what was required from them. So moving forward, I do think that we need to have some infusion of, of uh, equity, cash, preferably grants if possible, uh, to help these businesses. And we need to look at the interface, um, simplifies it, make it less confusing, uh, make it a little broader. I had the opportunity to talk to our uh, our agricultural task force yesterday in anticipation of this conversation. And there was concerns about the family farmers, you know, maybe who didn't have large commercial uh, contracts and where did they fall within this program and would there be relief for them? So I think uh, looking in terms of very small businesses without support, technical support, support, without broadband access, without an understanding of accountant terminology at times, um, moving forward with the, that change in interface and some of that simplification uh, would help in general. And I also think with the, the duration, I do think it's imperative if we start to look at more restaurants closing, more Main Street businesses closing, that we um, find a way to get assistance to these individuals. Again, just very simply looking at some statistics, uh, the state had a, a, their working capital program through PETA. 10 businesses in Wayne County were able to take advantage of that. 10 businesses out of over 1,500. I think three to 15 in the Small Business Advantage Grant. Um, so they're great programs, but they weren't trickling down to very many people. So the need is great. The, the need to get them to a wide group of people, wide audience, whether you're large, whether you're very small, and the need to simplify the process so it's understandable in the common vernacular, not necessarily someone who, who is accounting, reason have, has access to the accounting, and maybe even looking at how do we disseminate this information or be able to apply somewhere other than online. Uh, we are working and creating uh, community hubs and hotspots using our library system, but we have many home-based businesses that may not be able to to actually access these um, these portals. And that was one of the things that came back to me is, you know, kept spinning that they were trying to apply, but weren't able to, to make that actual application work. And then the program closed. So so this, just very quickly, some top of mind things and from, from hearing from our, our folks on this end in Wayne County. And again, I appreciate this opportunity and to learn from the businesses who are also speaking with you today. Thank you. Thanks so much, everybody. And I, we did uh, apologize. We did run a little bit long, so I'm not sure we'll, we don't really have much uh, time for any questions. But I appreciate everybody joining. And if any uh, members of the media have any questions for us, we'd be happy to answer them. Reach out to me. And Congressman, I'd just like to turn to you uh, one more time just to offer some closing remarks. <clears throat> well, again, I want to thank uh, our panel today. Uh, look, uh, time doesn't end with this Zoom call. And so let's stay in touch. Uh, let's, let's keep talking. Um, I, I have some hope. I want to say that, uh, that we will pass a further COVID relief package. Uh, we got some encouraging uh, signals from the White House, actually, that they want to see the, the package go higher in the Republican Senate. 
Uh, I hope they pick up on that. Um, I, I, you know, this idea of taking a pause that Senator McConnell uh, mentioned, uh, well, we paused for 120 days now and, um, uh, you know, uh, your, your, uh, your, your utility bills don't take a pause, uh, your, your debt payments don't take a pause, uh, uh, putting food on the table for people doesn't take a pause. So, um, you know, I, I'm doing everything I can think of to, to, to push this along to get more relief into the system. Uh, we have to, and it's, um, it's not just about small businesses, it's about all businesses in this country. Uh, we have to prevent our American economy from sliding into a Great Depression. Uh, I, I, I don't like going further into debt more than anybody else does. Uh, but that's nothing compared to the harm that, that the long-term damage that would be caused to our economy and to the world economy if that, if that depression materializes. And the economists are saying that's a real threat right now. So I thank you to, to this entire panel. Uh, thanks for the uh, members of the press for tuning in and uh, let's keep talking. So long. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir.